Hey, this is Aaron. I'm Melissa. And we're Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider. Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We will help you get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, and make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. Lutheran Community Services brings people health, justice, and hope. They serve more than 50,000 people a year across Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, helping to make the world safer, healthier, and a more hopeful place for us all. At Lutheran Community Services, they bring people health, justice, and hope. Their mission is to advocate for and support victims of trauma because when healing happens, families and community are stronger. Everyone is welcome at LCS, and their inclusive wraparound services change lives all over our region. Join us in supporting this important cause at the Chocolate and Champagne Gala on Saturday, April 15th. Tickets are available now at lcsnw.org. Mandy Price was born and raised in Spokane, Washington, but had Hollywood-sized dreams. After attending Gonzaga University to attain a degree in broadcast journalism and political science, she got a job at Delta Airlines as a baggage handler to get plenty of free tickets so she could take meetings in L.A. to have a shot at her dream job, being a television producer. She scored a spot as a post-production PA on Rizzolian Isles and grew her skills and experience to become an in-demand name in the industry. She's been a producer on the critically acclaimed shows like Little Fires Everywhere, Archive 81, and most recently, The Incredible Daisy Jones and the Six, which took the number one spot on Amazon, Amazon Prime Video in less than a week, as well as top spots on the music charts for an album they created for the show, Aurora. Now we get to chat with her all about her incredible career and what's coming next for this wildly talented creative. Welcome to Turning Northwest, Mandy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, so Mandy, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We are so excited to have you here. Um, and we really want to figure out what got you interested in broadcast media. I don't know, really. Like, I've always, I'm a storyteller. I think you, I think naturally you, as a child, you grow up as a storyteller. I think you're, you're always sort of interested in that. Broadcasting to me, um, kind of, you know, I loved the news. I loved, I studied political science. And I honestly, like at Gonzaga, I took a class in broadcast journalism and then I was like, oh, like this is exactly what I want to do. Um, I really loved it. And um, and then sort of realized that like maybe like I didn't want to be in front of the camera, but I knew I wanted to be behind the camera through the various classes that we had, that I had taken. And, um, you know, the, the really cool thing about Gonzaga and the broadcasting department is day one, you're a, I was a sophomore, but most people were freshmen. And you're making live TV on like the Gonzaga network. Like it's like a PBS that they run. And so no one knows how to do anything. But what it was like a really good experiment and learning was just like, oh, this is every day of your life. Like, are you okay with this? And this is like day one of your first day of class. Um, and I sort of maybe fell in love with the idea that like this was potentially could be my life of like that, like adrenaline, that high and that low in like immediate that way um so that's sort of kind of how it started I don't I think in that class I learned quickly that I didn't want to be in front of the camera um but I learned that I really loved editing um and that's kind of where um I really focused my broadcasting development and you know then going to like work at KHQ I was the you know the overnight news editor um like video editor so that it kind of sparked that and it kind of has been ever since. And that's kind of where the post-production aspect of my job comes in is because I was an editor. 
Well, and you are such an incredibly hard worker. I think that that's the hallmark of the quality of the work that you do is that you are thinking about it if you're not actively working on it. You're always thinking about your next project. And you're a student of the world. You really want to learn people's stories and listen to them. And the power of storytelling is really translated through the work that you do. So what do you think is the most rewarding aspect of your job currently, um, both at Hello Sunshine and these other independent projects that you take on? Honestly, I think it's the gift of storytelling is the most rewarding piece. I think I love telling stories. I love, you know, there's something so relatable. You know, I've 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 always been an, as you said, like a scholar in terms of, you know, I love reading, I love getting lost in a book. Um, and so how do I how do I take that that love of getting lost between the pages and adapt it to a screen is really something that I just I I have the best job in the world and I'm incredibly grateful and it's so cool that like this is what I get to do every day um but yeah I mean I just I just love I just every aspect of it from beginning to end of uncovering a mystery or telling a scary story or telling a happy story or a sad story like all of that it just I think I love human emotion and um and being able to portray that in a real way um is something that I think is such a gift um that that I get to do every day. It really is a gift to get to see the results of all of your hard work in the editing room. And your job is so all-encompassing from the very beginning of the concept of a project all the way to the last moment of choosing the frames that go into the final project. So I know this is probably a loaded question, but what does the average day look like for you? Is every single day completely different? Oh, that it is a loaded question. Every day is different and every day... It depends on where I'm at in in a show, like in a project. I think um, I am a very linear person. Like I like beginning, middle, and ends, which is why I'm a storyteller. Um, and so I approach my job in that same manner. Um, so my day is different at when I'm in the beginning of a show prepping for it. And then when we're filming, that's a different part of my job. And then when you know we're filming and into editorial and into finishing the show, like finishing different episodes, um, to, you know, to the crunch time when we're trying to get it to air. Um, and it's, you know, I always tell my parents like the last four months of a show that I'm on, I'm like, good luck. If you don't talk to me for two weeks, like know that I'm alive, but it's that third week that you should probably check on me <laughs> That's <laughs> um, because it's, you know, I'm, I can be working anywhere from, uh, you know, a 60 hour week is an average week. That's my standard. I standard work 60 weeks, 60 hour weeks or 60 hour, yeah, 60 hour weeks. And then, but like when we're in post finishing, I'm in, I'm 90 to hundred hours a week. Like it is just, it is that crunch time to get it to air. Um, and it's, you know, it's not myself, it's, it's myself and the 300 other people that it takes to, in order to create a TV show um, from every aspect. And it's, you know, just a, such a great honor and responsibility, but also just like a team effort. And I think that's why I love doing it because it's a team sport. It's not an individual one. It's, it takes everyone to do their very best to get it across that finish line. So you're you're a local Spokaneite, which is so inspiring. Um, and you we, you know we hear about the internships with KHQ and everything that you did at Gonzaga. But how did you get from Spokane to Hollywood? And I mean, we talked a little bit at the intro about you worked for Delta Airlines and everything. So what exactly made you do that? Made you join Delta and then just you know, gave you the chutzpah really to go and look for LA Hollywood producers. Like, can you give us a little bit of that backstory? 
Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, it's such a good question. Honestly, like, I don't know. I don't know what really inspired. I think, you know, when I was, um, I think as children, we all have these dreams, like these dreams and these aspirations and, you know, everything always seems so far out of reach. And then, you know, going to college and, um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough. I was working at KHQ at the time while I was also going to school and I was working with my heroes. Like I was working with, you know, I was working alongside Stephanie Vigil, you know, Shelly Monahan, Leslie Lowe, you know, Dave Cotton, like George Moppet. And like, I was working alongside the people that I had grown up seeing on TV that were kind of our local celebrities. And when I started realizing that like they are people too, mm -hmm. it made life like just kind of a little bit more grounded in reality of like, okay, like if, if, if this group of celebrities who I consider celebrities, you know, if they're human and real, then like, why not do something like, why not go to Hollywood? Um, I think, you know, I worked in the news and something that really kind of triggered for me is I, you know, I, I was reporting on a story that was just really sad. It was like just a really sad story. And, um, and I always kind of call it my breaking moment of like, it was that moment where you have to decide is like, is this what I want to do for the next 30 years of my life? Is this the story that I want to tell? Or is there another story? And, um, and so I kind of decided, I was like, I think there's another story. I think there's another story for me. And, you know, so I worked at HQ. I worked at Delta because, you know, one was part-time. I graduated. Delta was part-time. Um, and really I was, I thought I wanted to be a flight attendant at that point and then decided like that, like I made it all the way to like to the final round and then was like one of five and then they only picked three. And so that was kind of like another changing moment of like, okay, here's this road. Um, but, you know, I was, I kind of just got the idea one day, like, I don't there, I don't think there is like one thing that really did it or like, there wasn't like an example. I didn't know anyone in Hollywood. I didn't have, there was no one that I could kind of look towards or like email. And so I kind of just figured it out on my own. Um, and so I just went on LinkedIn one day and was like kind of going, I'd watched a bunch of my favorite TV shows and then went onto LinkedIn and was trying to see like if anyone whose names matched up and then I would send them an email like, Hey, I'm a video editor. Like, you know, I would love to see, you know, I'd, I'd love to kind of work in maybe like try my hand at editing or in Hollywood and um and ever like you know I think I sent out probably like a thousand resumes and maybe got like 15 to 20 people who like would write back and I would fly back and forth between because I was working for Delta I was could fly back and forth between LA and Spokane easily um but I would go to like the Starbucks near Paramount Studios and I would kind of set meetings in like this like consecutive order with like anyone who would meet with me and I did that for about six months. And then one of like one day, one of the producers that I kind of, I'd met with him a couple of times. Um, he had just said, he's like, well, he's like, listen, he's like, we have, he's like, I have a show for you. It's called Rizzoli Niles. And I knew the show. I was a huge fan of the show. Um, hence why I had reached out to him in the first place. But I didn't like want to like reveal that, that I was like, like, no, I wasn't, I was like an Uber fan, you guys. Like I was like a huge fan of this show. And so I didn't want to like get too excited. And um you know, so then there's like, so then he's like, yeah, he's like, so, you know, can you be in LA in like three weeks? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I can. 
like you guys like I couldn't be in LA in three weeks <laughs> okay then. um and so you know so I quit my job and, and like had like a fifteen hundred dollars in my bank account or something and like moved to LA like my brother drove down with me like we didn't I didn't have a place to live I didn't have um it was like it was a huge disaster but I really actually was not a disaster. it was it was beautiful and it was lovely um but it was so like not planned um and you know I always credit the idea of like I think I think there's something innately about storytellers and about risk takers that like you just have to try it like you just have to see like you just have to push that button just like a little bit go into that gray area just a little bit and just see what happens and my family always did a really good job of you know raising me in a way of like you can do anything you want I don't think when they said that though I don't think they realized that I was like oh like I can do anything like I, I think they were like oh Mandy like if you want to be a teacher if you want to be like you know, you, I don't think they ever kind of consumed what I was really thinking um but you know I think the idea that I could always come back home so even if I failed and it didn't work um you know I could always just come back home and I could go back to Delta, I could go back to KHQ, I could go back to XLY, you know, I could do all those things, but like, let's just try it, let's see. Um, and that's like, that, that, that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, everyone that worked with you had such an incredible experience and you've just continued to climb the ladder to the highest levels of success in the Hollywood scene, which is so thrilling to see as someone who's known you and gotten to learn more about your story. Um, what is it like having a number one show on Amazon Prime? Did you see that in the cards for yourself? I mean, it is just amazing. I mean, I you know, it, I don't think you ever, you never expect it. It's always a huge surprise and it's always just a, I mean, you know, especially like, you know, I worked on Rizzoli and Isles, so that was our, that was a hit show. I worked on Future Man. That wasn't a big hit, but I worked with, you know, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um, and then I went to, you know, to Little Fires Everywhere. And that was, you know, that launched right at the, as the world shut down during the pandemic. So that like shattered every record. Um, and that was because we were all stuck in our homes. Um, and it was a good, and it was excellent, but like, you know, like the pandemic really helped us, I think. Um, and, you know, and then Archive 81 hit number one. And then like with Daisy, it's like, I just, I don't ever believe it because I like, it's just, it's crazy. You guys, like, it's crazy. I, my brain can't comprehend it. And I, I hope, I hope, I hope I'm always just completely stunned by this because I just, I, I just love to tell stories and I love that people love to watch and view the stories that, you know, I'm myself and my team and are, you know, we get to tell every day because, you know, at the end of the day, I think my whole, you know, why I make TV or why I do it is because I just want to tell stories and I want to make people happy and give them a reason to escape the things of the world that are sad or destructive or, or if it's an hour of television that makes your life better or you see you know it, it changes someone's life you see someone from a different perspective because of the story that was told that's all I could have ever asked for. I mean what a gift that I get to I could potentially do that as my job like you guys that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> Don't forget to put inspiration and entertainment on your calendar. Get season tickets now to STCU's Best of Broadway. 
You can have first access to popular touring productions with live music and top talent, special offers from nearby restaurants, and so much more. West Coast Entertainment is a locally operated independent presenter of national touring Broadway productions, concerts, and other special events. Don't miss a single show-stopping moment. Learn more about their upcoming season by checking out broadwayspokane.com. Your humility and kindness is always such a hallmark of who you are. And this project, speaking of, you know, things that totally change your life, I just had my world rocked by Daisy Jones and the Six. I just watched the finale today. What perfect timing for the interview. And it was a, a project that had some unique challenges for you and your team and for the people who starred in the production. Um it hit right during the pandemic and that caused some challenges, but it actually in a lot of ways helped the production. So can you explain a little bit about the pandemic's role in Daisy Jones and the Six? Sure. You guys like, I know the pandemic was hard and it was hard for everyone, but it was the best thing that could have ever happened for this TV show. Um, you know, we were prepared. Uh, so we were supposed to start filming 10 days after the world shut down like the world like we were in prep we were like it was picture ready um you know we had all I had spent four months preparing like myself and the team like we'd been preparing for four months prior ready you know for a mid-march shoot and, and then I remember we were sitting on the, the so we we're on the mix stage which is like the sound part of the last episode of Little Fires Everywhere so I was that was a little bit cross-boarding I was finishing Little Fires starting Daisy and um and it, like one of the mix sound mixers just goes he's like like have you guys heard about this covid thing and we're like no like what is it it's nothing and you know and that was kind of it and then a week and a half later the world shuts down the really really great part about this though is that our band you know the plan was to have um performer like you know they're a band like and they're musicians but to have like guitarists like hand doubles like the whole way through um or like piano doubles or, you know, all of that to just make the music, you know, to make a musical flow. But we, you know, you only have four months to prepare. Um, and our actors had just, we had just finished casting, like literally right before filming. And um, and so, it, so then when the world shut down, like the incredible Frankie Pine, our music supervisor, um, she had done, we call it band camp and she had done it for the team in Nash, like on the TV show Nashville. And so we incorporated the same thing. And so during the entire pandemic, like all, so the show was pushed 18 months. Um, and the band went to band camp via zoom, via like, you know, all of that. And they were learning their craft. They were learning how to sing. They were learning how to play their instruments. And they were, they went from actors to full blown musicians to then band, like a band, like our band is real. They're playing, they're singing, that's all them. Um, so when you see it in the show, that's it. Like that is, that's them playing, that's them singing. That's, you know, it's incredible. It's incredible what a gift that the pandemic was for us. Um, you know, at one point there was like kind of mid pandemic, there were talks of how are we gonna accomplish the, you know, the huge stadium shots and it was, um, you know, one of them was like, oh, we're going to do it all, you know, CGI animation and, and everyone, it was going to cost like millions upon millions of dollars. And, and, you know, the, you know, Hello Sunshine and Taylor and Amazon were like, no, like, like, let's just, let's wait it out. If we wait, then maybe we can have people there. You know, the more, the longer we wait, maybe the bigger crowd we can get. And, um, and so just 
by pushing so long, it just made our story more and more real, uh, which is incredible. <laughs> like, what a gift. <laughs> and the whole casting crew got to become like a great big family. And it was such a unique cast. Some names that are not as familiar and one that is very familiar. And that's because of her grandfather's absolute, you know, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Because of her grandfather's fame, which would be Elvis. Elvis's granddaughter, Riley Keough, is a part of this production. And because of that delay in production, was able to discover her own voice, too, and perform those songs. I literally am getting chills right now thinking about, you know, that first note between Billy and Daisy when they hit it together and you just, oh, it was pure magic when she belts. Tell us a little bit about that process. I mean, it was it was magic on set. Like, you know, I remember hearing the music for the first time um, and it was, I mean, I think we had recorded songs probably halfway through the pandemic. I think I started hearing songs because again, a little bit of my job is, you know, I'm involved in the, you know, from beginning to end. So in order for us to kind of plan out how we're going to film, I needed to hear kind of what they were doing and how it was happening and so that we could kind of create a plan of attack. Um, but I remember this, I think, I don't think there's a moment that none of, that any of us, like, like, we'll always remember the moment when we heard, like, Riley and Sam, you know, sing harmony together, and it, like, we all cry, we all just, like, it's, they really are magical, and um, it's just what I, like, to have two musicians who, and actors who had never, who are not musicians, who are not, like, they had never sang anything in their lives um, before, auditioning and then even into band camp um and then this is the product like this is what we get afterwards is insane and I, I think when we were shooting those scenes um especially in episode like one of the end of 103 um one of my favorite shots is like the circular shot at the end and they're singing together and um and it was the magic on screen is exactly how we felt in the room like all of us were we were crying we were cheering we were like it was it this whole process really was like just magical and real. And we put so much of our love and care and, um, you know, yes, it was a rush. Yes, we needed about 40 more shoot days to accomplish exactly what we wanted to do. Um, you know, I don't think that that's, I think every, I think every show goes through that. <laughs> like you just, there's not enough time. Um, but with da like with Daisy Jones is like, it, it was just, it really was magic. Like there, it, that's that's not fake. We didn't are like that's not artificial magic on that screen. Like, it was real, and I think that that's what makes it so special. That's incredible. So, I mean, pandemic aside, how how long do projects usually go? I mean, you kind of mentioned the four mm -hmm. months. Are you involved those whole four months, or do you go earlier and you stay longer after you know everyone's kind of wrapped up and you guys are kind of a team hold up finishing it all up and. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's, I'm the average amount of time that I personally am on a show is about 18 months. Um, oh. it takes, so, so I'm, you know, there's usually like, you know, two for me, there's normally about two months of prep on a show like Daisy. It was four months of prep. Um, but on a standard show, it's anywhere from, you know, four weeks ish. Um, and then it's about 80 something days of filming. Um, and then post, you know, after filming is about another 20 to 40 weeks, depending on how big the show is. 
um, I think it's always fascinating for me to, um, you know, people are like, like, when's the next season of something coming out? Cause like, it just airs and you're, I'm like, you guys, they've not even like started writing those scripts and like, and we were lucky enough, but when we started filming, all of our scripts were written. So like, we weren't, I mean, we were writing and drafting sort of as you're going along. Cause you have to do some small edits, but like, but the scripts were written, they were done and for the whole season. Um, and so we were really lucky in that respect. A lot of the times you're not working that way. A lot of the times you're you're working, the scripts are being written as you're working. Um, but, you know, on, but Daisy in particular, I mean, I think I just, I like now that it just aired, like I'm, this is, this was my last day on the show. Um, so I started in 2021 and then like now. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been a long road. It's been a really, beautiful project with a lot of you know blood sweat and tears I think um uh the whole way through but yeah I mean I'm my job is so cool you guys because I'm one of the few people that am in like from beginning to end you know I'm the really the part that I'm not involved in whatsoever is the development piece um and then the writing of the scripts but as soon as those scripts are written like I'm involved till like my, my, the whole concept of my job and the job of my team, the post team is our job is to get it to air, get it to the viewer to air. And, um, you know, as, as the post producer, producer, like that's literally my job. Like that's the title is just like when the director says cut, um, and even before that, but typically like when the director says cut, then it's, you know, it's mine and my teams until it airs. Like that's, it's that whole process. So it's really, um, you know, I didn't know my job existed when I came to LA and came to Hollywood um, because I was a PA. That's the benefit of being a PA is you get to kind of learn everyone, a little bit of everyone's jobs and everyone's department. Um, and I didn't know that like this particular job in post-management was even a field that I could go into. And then on top of that, like, you know, with like Future Man, I'm like working with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and Ben Calinario on the Future Man team, um, and then adapting kind of, they really kind of let me one run wild creatively. You know, they gave me this one goal of, you know, Mandy, we just we just want to like we just want to be impressed. And as producer, as my bosses, to give myself and my teams as the post producer, like, okay, like how do I? My goal is just to impress them. Like, okay, like that's amazing. You know, obviously within budget and reason or not. You know, who knows? Um, but but like just that's the role. And then with Hello Sunshine, it's that same thing. You know, I'm, it's very much a collaboration. We are, we are very much a collaborative team. Um, you know, they value each and every person's opinion and, and um, you know, they really, they do a great job with making you feel and, and ex, you know, the expectation of that you, your voice matters. Like, you know, it's, we expect that you, um, you know, that, that you're involved, that you do this. And if you are not, then like you're, you're welcome to be part of this team, but you're not really going to be successful in this team. Um, and so, you know, what a gift that is as well. Of, and that's not every post producer. It's, you know, a lot, there's, there's kind of this new up and coming regime, I would say kind of my, my age demo and maybe a little bit, and then the up and comers, you know, our expectation is that, you know, that we're pushing boundaries. Like we're not okay with being just sitting in the office all day or just being paper pushers. Like we are creative partners with the producers, with the, you know, with everyone, with the studio, with the network. And that's such a gift. Um, and I love it. Like I, like I said, I, 
I'll say it probably a hundred times, like I have the best job in the world. And it's because I get to tell stories and Hello Sunshine allows me to tell stories along with them. Well, you have so much coming up for you and we would love to know more about what you're looking forward to next in your career. I mean, I don't know about next, my next, my next year of shows, I can tell you kind of what, where, where we're going with that. Um, I'm on a TV show called Bass Reeves, which is a Yellowstone spinoff. Um, David Owellio is, uh, he's starring in it. Uh, so it follows right after, it picks up right after like the TV show 1883 um, with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. So it picks up right after that. Um, and, or actually kind of almost the same time. And it's the story of the Lone Ranger. Um, and, uh, which is amazing. And, um, and so that's, that's what's filming right now. We're filming in Texas. And then um, I start season two of surface, which is an Apple hello sunshine show. Uh, we film in the UK sometime in the summer, I think maybe, or in the fall. Um, and then uh, hopefully another hello sunshine show called all stars, which Reese Witherspoon is starring in. It's kind of like a Ted Lasso comedy um that'll be fun and then you know i keep telling everyone that like i get that you know thank you for these two beautiful hello sunshine shows but like i really just want to work with dolly because there's a dolly movie and um and so hopefully the dolly movie as well we'll see if i i don't know if i'm gonna have time for all of those things but um we'll we'll sure try i'll sure try to try to do it but yeah you know it's i feel just in such a place of gratitude truly that um you know, Hollywood right now is changing. There's a big shift in kind of, you know, they're not producing as much content. We're not, um, you know, the pandemic and, you know, the studios really um, spend a lot of money. <laughs> um, and so they're not, they're cutting down on all of their shows. And I just feel really grateful that, um, that Hello Sunshine has entrusted me with kind of their up and coming slate for the next couple of years. And um, it'll be, it's been a long time that I've not done a book to screen adaptation I really loving working in this limited series category. Um, so it's, it also has its benefits of kind of coming into these season two shows or where the templates already written. And I get to kind of just take a break a bit. Like it's not, <laughs> you get to kind of ride the wave, um, but still it's so exciting because it's my first, you know, it's my first time on these shows, but the, you know, we, we want more seasons with these other ones. Um, so it's just a different mind frame of this, versus a limited series because a limited series is it's a one and done and you're like yep like one and done and we're going to throw everything at it versus a season two or you know kind of that you're you have to be a little bit more budget conscious you have to be a little bit more there's a little bit more storytelling conscious you know you don't get to run wild um you do but there are limitations and uh so this is like a new challenge for me that i've not had in a while which i'm excited for well, we are so excited to see all of the shows that you have coming out next and in the future. And I think I will leave you with a couple of questions. <laughs> but Melissa is going to say one thing. Where can people find you on social media, which you know we always pay attention to. But before that, I wanted to ask you kind of a special question. If you could give young Mandy a piece of advice, what would you tell that little girl before she starts on her journey in life? Um be kind, be generous, um, dream bigger than you ever thought possible. Uh, love bigger, um, enjoy the moments, enjoy the moments. Um, and I think just, you know, it all works out. 
that gets, you know, life is hard. Life is really hard. And there's a lot of sadness and there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of anger. Um, but it's okay because on the other side of all of that is just this life that you could never even imagine is possible. I mean, it's like, I'm going to cry. Cause it's like, it's just, it's, I, you guys, like, I just, I, I live such a beautiful, wonderful life. And I'm just so grateful um, that I get to, that this is the life that I get to leave at this moment or lead at this moment. And I think that um, little Mandy, I, I don't think she, I don't think she would even understand, um, which is really what it is. Um, but I'm so incredibly grateful and humbled every single day uh, that I get to wake up and that this is the life I get to leave. Like this is, if this is my legacy, Lord, are you guys like how grateful, like just how grateful. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Mandy. It was so interesting to learn about you and just how you really kicked it off and everything that you've gone through and learning more about the shows, too. I mean, I have a couple up here right now that I need to check out and keep my eyes out for. So for anyone that wants to follow your incredible life and learn about when shows are coming out and where to find them and all of that, what is the best? What are the best social media channels to follow you on? I am on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my handle for both is at Mandy K2 and it's M-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y and the number two. Um, and, you know, Hello Sunshine, because that's, you know, mostly who I work for. Um, Taylor Sheridan, that's also who I've kind of been into that camp. But um, but yeah, like that's, those are kind of my socials. I don't know how to do TikTok. I don't know how to do, like, I have one, but I have no idea how to use it. Um, probably Instagram is probably the one I use the most, I guess. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And I hope that you all get a chance to follow along with Mandy's incredible story. And we can't wait to see you April 20th in Spokane if you're free. Yes, I'm, guys, I'm planning on it. Yes. It's there. Well, and you never know what will happen, but we would just be thrilled to get to spend time with you. So we can't wait to see, have everyone see Daisy Jones and the six, make sure to stream that on Amazon prime. And thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.